Welcome back to Rogue Fun, a podcast story. The podcast all about Rogue One. I'm Alice White, and unfortunately, Buddy Duquesne could not join us for this episode, but I have a very special guest co-host for the day. Uh, we're here to talk about the first three episodes of Andor. Please give a warm welcome to my very good friend, Candace. Hello there. Hi, I'm sorry, Candace. that's the wrong show, but I had to. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Hi, Candace. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Candace is the host of one of my most favorite podcasts ever, The Geeky Waffle, and um, also the Geeky Waffle blog and all things Geeky Waffle, and is um, basically nerd extraordinaire, and is here to talk about the first three episodes of Andor, which premiered uh, just this past Wednesday, the 21st of September. Uh, and, um, so we're gonna, we're just gonna dive right into it. Um, but, uh, to get started, Candace, I want to talk to you about your Rogue One feelings. This is after all a podcast all about Rogue One. Um, so tell me about the first time you ever watched Rogue One. It was the first showing in my town. I got, uh, you know, got the chills, um, cried in public, which I hate doing, <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was a roller coaster. It was a fun roller coaster. Uh, what was your first impression then? Roller coaster of emotions, sure. But um, was was it like a like an insta fave, or did you need to like grow into it? I think I enjoyed it the first time, but I did appreciate it more the more I watched it. Mm-hmm. Even though honestly, like it's my favorite thing post Disney era um, movie wise Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it's the like one of the least ones I've watched because again, it makes me feel too much. <laughs> and, it's so real. Yeah, it's so real. Like I watched Solo, I watched Solo like a billion times because I don't feel anything there. <laughs> if that makes sense, it sounds so bad. No, it it makes sense. Solo's so fun, and we love we love Solo. We are not uh, trying to pit those two movies against each other by any means. Um, but yeah, Rogue One is definitely hits on like on a different emotional level. It's um, hard to subject yourself to it too often, uh, even though that's what we've done with this show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just watch it over and over and over again. Um, so you say it's your favorite Star Wars film post. Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm. What is it about Rogue One that really like brings you closer to Star Wars or like why does it speak to you and your fandom or your fandom journey? I really love the fact that it wasn't a Jedi story. And mm-hmm. yeah, you have someone who can use the force, but it's about these complicated people who are just trying to do the right thing after maybe not doing the right thing for a while or mm-hmm. maybe doing the gray thing. And the Jedi are the same way, but they have like this in a different package. So seeing like these people come together and yeah. And also Bodhi means a lot to me. I'm half South Asian. Mm-hmm. So having some representation in there is a huge deal. Absolutely. Bodhi's the best. Justice for Bodhi Rook does not get enough recognition, I think, in Star Wars fandom in general. Um, and you're right to love him and to bring him up here. Okay, so we've talked about Rogue One, the best, the very best Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, And so we were very lucky to get to watch the first three episodes of Andor this week. After years of waiting, they announced the show in 2018. They announced that it was in development. And now it's 2022 and we finally got it and finally happened. 
Um, so I want to know, what are your first thoughts about the episode? It's something, it's unlike anything we've had with Star Wars. It feels like a grown-up Star Wars story. Absolutely. And it's really exciting because if you, like, watch The Clone Wars, a lot of things are alluded to. And, yes, there's some very dark episodes in this children's animated series. <laughs> but nothing's really outright, outrightly, outrightly said. Right. Like, you have, like, the Slaves of the of the Republic episodes you have you see them in like nightclubs you see war and everything like that but this feels gritty and real and just different in a good way i completely agree yeah my um one of my my first impression of these first three episodes was just how um dangerous life is on the ground and it was it was something that that i noticed and one of the things i love about about rogue one and solo for that matter um, the things that are happening on the ground while while our Jedi are off having grand adventures and flying through the sky and um, saving people with their lightsabers, the people on the ground are suffering and dying and like undergoing like actual tyranny and control over their lives that you don't you don't you just don't see when you're focused on like the on the Jedi or the, the, you know, the bigger grand Skywalker adventures. Right. Uh, so they're under the control, the, the tyranny of control of not just the empire, but also of the, um, of the corporation, uh, Preox Merlana, which they've been, which they call Primor uh, for short. And it's, it's an interesting concept that um, Star Wars has done before in the past. Um, it was something they've, they've done in some of the, the, expanded universe the legends like novels back in back in the day um but also uh, another novel that i read actually pretty recently um a new dawn the first the first of the disney lucasfilm novels and it follows the it's the how canaan and hera meet before rebels right yeah and in that um in that novel they establish the idea that there are worlds and, and like systems in the star wars galaxy that um like a singular corporation kind of just has total control over they're doing surveillance they're they're in charge of the mining they're in charge of the industry they're in charge of like keeping the peace and order and like their security forces are acting kind of like stormtroopers so instead of imperial forces they are contracted by this corporation that that is basically the the governing body of this system of planets and it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to, to see these people that aren't stormtroopers enforcing laws and can taking people into custody or or trying to arrest people even though they're not you know under the direct order of the empire it's 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 really unique for star wars i think yeah it would be like if like amazon was in charge of a country which don't give them any ideas. <laughs> don't, right. Don't give them any ideas. Oh, my God. It's like Amazon police, you know, arresting right. people. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like if Amazon, uh, if the United States government was like, hey, Amazon, you now get to just look after California. Just take care of California for us. Like, you still have to follow our rules. Yeah. But we're give not us gonna... the resources and stuff we need. Right. It's just the empire outsourcing. Exactly. But because, to a company instead yeah. of like to smaller versions of the government, right? Yeah. Um, 
And that's so, it's super unique. We've not seen that in Star Wars, like live action, live action yeah. Star Wars before. Um, and I do say, I do recommend everybody go read all the books you can because there's so much more lore and and so many more stories to explore in the in the books. Um, and so I was I, I was kind of excited to see this like new look at like the the days of the of the strongest like the strength of the empire. The this is the empire kind of at its strongest. It's before rebellion really starts to kick off in full force. But they've kind of eliminated all traces of like the Senate is there in just name only, basically, yeah. at this point. And they've erased all trace of the Clone Wars and the clones themselves at, by this point and uh, as best they can. So this is the Empire at its strongest. And it's an interesting like time period to to explore um what do you think about we will we'll, we can talk about this like more in depth later but um you've said this is like um you historically have said that this is your favorite time period in all of star wars your favorite like time to explore what is it about this like particular few years in rebellion history that makes it your your most favorite it's just when hope is all lost and these people like come come out of the shadows and they they're fighting like at this point in the rebels timeline they're just cells around the galaxy ahsoka and bale or organa are working and coordinating things but they aren't together as a whole right. they don't for another at least another year and then i think another it takes another year for them to even have a base right. so it's just you know People fighting the power. Yeah, you're right. There's no like we're getting hints maybe of a of rebellion of uh, fomenting pockets of fomenting as they've been saying in the trailers um, for this show, um, but no true real rebel alliance yet. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I can't I can't wait for them to to go further into that. By the end of these three episodes, we're I think we're heading in that direction. Um, literally heading in that direction as they speed away on their little speeders to <laughs> hop on a ship and go in the direction of what seems to be the very beginning of the rebellion. I want to talk about new characters that we um, yeah. have met. Before I, I want to cut myself off before I spend the next hour talking just about Cassian Andor and how wonderful he is specifically. Um, I want to head myself off by like, let's talk about what's new in the show. What um, new characters, new faces, new droids, new kinds of droids, um, all sorts of fun stuff. What really stood out to you in these three episodes? Speaking of droids, B2 is so obviously cute. adorable. He is a droid He's I'm so looking for. You know. <laughs> I, I I always think, how are they going to create a cute droid again? They can't just do the same thing over and over again. But then they create something completely brand new. And it works. And I'm like, yes, I will buy all the merch for this, please. <laughs> yes, he's so cute. He's, um, I don't know what specifically what kind of droid is or what, what he's um, like made to do. But he's acting yeah. almost like a, like a nanny or a caretaker for Cassian and Marva. Um, who is Cassian's like adopted mom. Um, and he can send messages back and forth between them. He's carrying information to them. He's 
looking out for and shows genuine concern for Cassian if he's in danger and also volunteers to, or not volunteers, but says that he is capable of lying for Cassian. Yeah, I found that very interesting. And he says it's more processing power. Right. So Cassian's like, okay, take it easy and save your processing power because I'm going to need you to lie for me. It's an interesting piece of programming. And I wonder if it um, it's like an I wonder if it, he's like an early, like a precursor to K2SO. He, he does, does lie when he's like undercover. Right. Uh, these are so, prisoners. I'm taking them to imprison them in prison, <laughs> which yeah. is so funny. And a lie. So yeah, he lies for his master. So he lies for Cassian. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's somewhat, you know, where it came from, Pat. Yeah, maybe, maybe Cass- Cassian, maybe he's really good at programming droids to lie for him. Um, mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of processing power for B2, um, for little B. Um, mm-hmm. But for K2, it doesn't seem to take extra processing power. He's just really bad at it. <laughs> he, he He's not super good about um lying on the fly like like when during the battle of scarif and the stormtroopers come in and he's like finally the rebels went that way and points the wrong way again another lie but he's really really awkward and bad at it like it doesn't come naturally to him i think it's always interesting to see how characters like treat droids because i feel like that is very telling about their character yes so yeah that's a really good point like Cassian um, seems like he cares like B uh, cares about B2. Yeah. Yeah. Save your energy, like d- take it easy on the way home, you know, not just yeah. to lie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I need you to save your energy to lie for me, but also because like he's concerned. Yeah, it's his buddy. It's his buddy. Yeah. So I, I just always find that interesting. I mean, like, we have Obi-Wan who was like, I don't remember this droid, you know, which I know <laughs> is more of a recon. But you see Anakin who really cares. Luke also, um, Leia is very attached to C-3PO and R2, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Poe with BB-8. He oh, my God. He BB-8 like a dog. He's like, good boy. He's like he a puppy. It. Belly scratches and everything. Yeah. It's so great. Yes, I love when characters treat droids like, like, not just like people, but like friends. Like, and because and, droids have rights. And uh, because I'm with L3 on this one. Um, that the droid, that there should be a droid liberation movement in Star Wars, probably. So continuing on, um, new characters uh, mentioned her already. Um, I'm going to talk about Marva for a minute. Hey, Fiona Shaw's Fiona character. Shaw. Fiona what does Harry Potter and Cassie and Evan Fiona Shaw, um, who is so good and she's an incredible actress. Um, I think she she did a really really good job. Um, playing like a younger and older version of herself in uh, in this, in flashbacks and such. And so we see that this is Cassian's like adopted mom, but adopted is kind of um, like a really gentle word for what actually happened. Because I or do like believe a, she in situation like kidnapped <laughs> she kidnapped him. him. <laughs> she did. She, she just she was like, ah, yes, this child. I'm not going to let this child die, so I'm going to scoop him up and take him with me forever. And it took her five seconds. Be like, he's mine now. I'm a mother. This, Congratulations. It's a boy. This, this is my feral child. And I'm going to uh, to raise him, him forever. <laughs> drug him. <and laughs> drug, him. Let's go. drug him and raise him forever. Um, in, in her little house, um, they ha- she keeps like 
the staff that he was holding when she picks him up. There's a little Bantha stuffed animal up on the on the desk that seemed to belong to like a young Cassian. So she really is acting like a mom. She um, has like forged documents about where he's from um, and, and lies for him consistently and keeps alibis for him, even though he's trouble. Um, But she also seems really kind of ruthless in her own way. Like, Yeah, she adopted this kid and is like looking after and caring for this for this child. There's there's got to be love there, but she's also very like she's very serious and she's very secretive, very um, controlling over her environment, and um, and and very protective over her secrets. Um, and that's obviously that's a safety thing. But um, yeah. like, what else could she be hiding? Like, what else is going on? What was she doing on that ship? Um, I don't know. We don't, we don't is she know. A scavenger? Is she a smuggler? We don't know. Who's she working for? Who is she working for? Who is she? And yeah. what happened to to um, Clem? Clem, I believe, was his yeah. name. Cassian's father figure. Um, Luthen uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character um, hints that um, that Clem was hanged in the town square um, at one point, which is uh, really, dark. really dark. <laughs> Super dark for Star Wars. I mean, we did see like a Jedi hang in the mm-hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi series. So. It's true. It's true, and that's really dark. Yeah, Star Wars really, like, really we're, sad. We're getting dark. Yeah, they're not messing around here. Um, speaking of Luthen, Luthen Rell, I think is I think is how his name is is pronounced, right? Stellan Skarsgård's yeah. character. He's pretty cool. Talk about somebody with a bunch of secrets. Mm-hmm. He's swooping in, blatantly talking about rebellion and um, just. No, no beating around the bush at all. He's like, hey, Cassian, come rebel with me. Um, and I know you want to. <laughs> um, it's really, it's, that's his, like, lack of, like, hiding at all. Like, yeah, they're, you know, they're sneaking around meeting each other in secret, but he just doesn't beat around the bush at all, does he? He no, goes but, straight for it. But Vic says that he's been wanting to meet with Cassian. So he knows Cassian's capable yeah. I just don't know how he knew that he's like, he's, well, I guess he might have heard how Cassian has a rap sheet against the Imperials. That's true. So. That is true. Yeah. Cause his, yeah, his rap sheet's attached to his chain code. I was reading about this earlier because I was like, how, why can't they all just lie about their names and identities? <laughs> like, yeah. how, how does everybody know Cassian's real whole name um, and what he's done? And I guess that's Alice, part of, yes, Bad Batch. Bad Batch, you're right. Okay, I haven't finished Bad Batch. Or I haven't watched all okay, of so Bad Batch. Bad Batch, we see right at the beginning of the Empire. Um, every citizen is – they have to trade in their cre- the Republic credits and for, like, Imperial credits. And also, they get, like, scanned. So they have a chain code, mm-hmm. which is their whole identity. You can't, like, travel. You can't work legitimately without right. this. Right. Yes. You're absolutely correct. I was reading about that earlier. I didn't know that was established in Bad Batch. That's fascinating. It might have been established in something else. I don't remember it in Rebels, but Rebels weren't really doing anything legitimate. No, they were not. (laughs) (laughs) Lying about their names and identities all All over the time. (laughs) I love Rebels. Um, Yeah, I know I need to finish. Um, I've seen the last three episodes of Bad Batch and um, clips and 
and stuff of the of the rest of the show. I know I need to finish it. There's just so much good stuff out there. There so is. Mu- even so much good Star Wars out there. I just finished Rebels like two weeks ago. That's not a that's not a joke. <laughs> it took me so long to watch Rebels. I kept putting off finishing it because I was um, sad. Yeah, you don't want it to end. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to watch the big the big uh, major character death at the end of the end of rebels um i did i knew it was coming and i didn't want to watch it so i put it off for months and months um but speaking of rebels rogue one you hear them calling general syndula and you see chopper too yes they do and the ghost shows up at the battle of scarif i have a theory Um, about that the reason that she's not at the death star is because she goes into labor by that point Uh, the timeline the timeline works yes that's that's perfect why else would she not be at the Death Star after Scarif. Right. No, it doesn't. It, no, it doesn't make sense. She's like, oh, no, Battle of Scarif. And then, well, and and we've talked about this on this show before. The um, the the timeline, trying to figure out exactly how much time passes between, like, the very beginning of Rogue One, like, Bodhi being captured by Saw Gerrera, to the end of Rogue One, mm-hmm. which is the first part of a new hope right yeah and then how much time passes between that scene and the beginning of a new hope like the you know is it minutes hours we don't know versus and then how long it takes to get from the beginning of new hope to the end of new hope i'm pretty sure all of that rogue one and new hope takes place over the course of like a week maybe Maybe even less (laughs) honestly yeah those those like that you see uh Red Five gets shot down in Scarif, and that's why Luke mm-hmm. gets Red Five. And, red five. Yeah, there's not yeah. enough time to yeah to fill that spot until until Luke shows up. Um, but also in the Rogue One novelization, Bodhi says something about um, has it really only been a week since Galen sent me on my way? Um, kind of thing. And so we're like, so Rogue One takes place over the course of what, like five days. Um, which is wild. It's wild to think about. And I and um I just man, I love Star Wars. This is this is so fun. I'm so glad you're here to talk talk oh. about this with me. I'm glad. Um, so speaking of timelines yes. and Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> um, that's my segue into talking about the thing that we have been discussing most about Andor in the less than 24 hours since it's come out. Um, pretty much the only thing I can think about right now is the timeline of this show um, because we get flashbacks and uh, so we know that the main part of the story takes place in five BBY and a couple other things happen in five BBY. That's when Ezra joins up with the specters mm-hmm. uh, very beginning of rebels. Um, and we know that uh, Jin or so is ditched by Saw Gerrera in five BBY. These are all happening at this at the same time. Um, five years before the Battle of Yavin. That's what the, I, I should clarify that before I say it a million times. Uh, um, just assuming everybody knows what that means. Five years before the Battle of Yavin, which is the battle at the very end of the very first original Star Wars movie. And that is our place, that yeah. is our zero BBY. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Twenty years in between. Yes, almost exactly twenty years in between. Yeah, um, little yeah which Luke and Leia are ni- 19 to about to be 20 ish yeah. at the beginning of a new hope. Right. So that's the timeline we're looking at. Um, Cassie and Andor um, 
according to sources I've read online uh, leading up to the show coming out, is supposed to be about 21 years old at, during the events of Andor. Yeah. The show. Um, which makes him about 26-ish um, in Rogue One when he dies. Yes. Um, that makes sense. That, that, that timeline works out. Diego Luna is a little older than that. Um, looks a little, looks a little rougher than that. Um, he's been through a lot. <laughs> it's a hard life. ages you. You're right. It's a hard life. You have, um, he's not getting, he's not eating right. He's probably drinking, you know? You're, you're absolutely correct. And, um, it's a hard, it's a hard life. Look at how Alec Guinness ages. Yeah. Or look at how Obi-Wan Stress. ages between. Stress. Yes. Absolutely. And like, you compare him with Bail Ugrana, who's like been like five years for me i look good yes that's uh you don't you don't age if you're not problematic that's the thing spalogonic's <laughs> perfect and has never done anything wrong in his life and that's why he's, he's such a good papa that's why he's young and beautiful forever <laughs> um um so let's so let's try and piece together the rest of this timeline here okay so that would mean when the empire was a fish cassian would be six years old Right. And we do hear him say in Rogue One, I've been fighting this battle since I was six years old. Yes. Granted, it's not like he's not out there, you know, killing stormtroopers. He's doing kid stuff. Right. Jin says she joins – basically, Jin or so, said, you know, in claims that she joins the fight uh, Her the day that her, parent, that her mother is killed and her dad is taken away. She's like yeah. eight. Um, mm -hmm. Despite the fact that she, you know, spends years of that just on the run um, – and not actively fighting, she's still in the fight, right? She was yeah. she was thrown into the fight at eight. Cassian Andor says he's thrown into the fight at six and has lost everything. We you know, see see him as a little kid, and we know there was a mining disaster on his planet that killed everyone. all the adults. All and the so adults, there's yeah. a roving band of orphan kids um, led by this absolute badass girl, Um who kind of gets all the kids together and they are scavenging. They are keeping each other alive. So we see Cassian in this situation. He is not six years old. He no, is much he, older. He looks – the youngest I would say is 12, yeah. honestly. Even though I'm really bad at kids' ages, I will admit to yeah. that. If that was a 10-year-old child, I would believe you. Um, if you said that's a 9-year-old child, I'd be like, that's mm. the biggest 9-year-old I've ever seen. Um, he looks like a middle schooler. Yeah, he. I would say anywhere between yeah, ten to twelve, maybe even coming up 13, on thirteen 40, years old. Yeah, um, I, I, do, I don't know if he's like a full blown teenager at this point, but he is. You know, he's he's preteening. He's preteening pre it though. Yeah, he's young. So this is obviously this flashback is is to a few years into his fight. Yes. Um, and he's kind of getting to the point where he's going to be old enough to like go with the big kids on their scavenging mission. He puts he puts the paint on his face. He emulates the the leader of their little group um, and is like, I'm going to go. I'm going to fight. I'm going to scavenge. I'm going to help my community for my sister, for all these other kids. And she looks six. His sister looks, looks six. six. Yeah. yeah. That's a six. That is a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is Cassa at this point. Yeah, this is uh, his little sister calls him Cassa. He's not Cassian yet. So he's been in the fight for a few years now. But in this flashback, him at age 
let's split the difference and call it 11, right? Yeah. Um, at about about that age, um, is uh, a ship crashes nearby and the roving band of orphans goes to scavenge it and take what they can find off of it. That's what it seems like is happening. I just love a gang of children. I love a gang of children. <laughs> with spears. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's perfect. And so they're running around with little spears and they're going to go savage this. And here's here's where I struggle. And I don't want to harp on this too long. um, But I'm struggling here. Um, Because those people that they find, they find dead bodies in and around the ship. Those dead bodies are wearing uniforms emblazoned with the logo of the CIS, the separatists. The con- Confederacy of Separatist Planet. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it's, what it, it's, I remember it's the Confederate. It's like the Confederate or yeah. something because I thought, oh, Civil War. Yeah, to be Confederate Separatists. Those yeah. are those are words that are in there, um, and uh, and it's a blue like hexagon with mm-hmm. um, straight lines running running through it. Um, the 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 Separatists and the Republic both kind of use like wheel image imagery in their in their logos yeah. and the uh, republic logo becomes the imperial logo and yeah. it, you'll see it it looks like a gear more than a wheel um but it's still you know it's round it's got little points shooting off of it mm-hmm. and the separatist kind of similarly shaped so i thought maybe i just missaw it maybe it was an imperial sig- insignia and i just thought it was separatist but i've paused and i've looked and that is a con- uh, that is the cis logo on these guys's uniforms so and they don't have like they don't they're not clone troopers they don't mm-hmm. have the armor like any of the no even the non-clone troopers wore the the armor of right. the gar the right. grand army of the republic, the republic. Mm-hmm. It, it it even actually looks like what they're wearing is the like white jumpsuits that the um engineers wear in rogue one when they land on edu and all of the engineers line up behind galen they're wearing like all white jumpsuits and they've got the um the logo on the mm-hmm. shoulder. So I, I don't know if these are like scientists or they're just like guys in if this is like their spacesuit or if it's like a flight suit or something, but it's got a, con- a confederacy of independent systems. That's the one. Confe- that's CIS, Confederacy of Independent Systems. That's the separatist logo on it. Man, it took me a long time to get there. <laughs> so, but at this point, the war's been over for like probably um, like five or six years if we're assuming Cassian if we're assuming the war end when Cassian was six yes and now he's in this flashback sequence he's like 11 or 12 ish mm-hmm. so it's been like five or six years and why is where they're still separatists running around also I was like oh maybe it's just because they're in the outer rim and things get you know it takes time but no this is a mid-rim planet right so yes, Canary's a mid-range planet. They established that. Yeah. So I thought that was odd too because, but then Marwar says they killed Republic commandos. Commanders. Yes. Yes, she does say that, and that threw the whole game off. Now I'm super confused. And in the in the right in the Rogue One visual guide, it said that Cassian's planet was actually a separatist, and they were against. Yes. And that was when we were still working with the assumption that Cassian's from Fest. Yeah. Um, which Marva clarifies in Andor that Fe- that saying that he's from Fest is part of his 
falsified backstory in order to hide who he is and where he's from. But apparently he has no problem just like telling pretty girls and pretty mechanics that he's from Canary in the first place. He's um, like, well, feel bad for me. No, oh, I'm from Canary. Oh. And then like, and blows his whole cover. He he made that mistake. And he acknowledged, he says, I made a mistake. So Cassian learned to lie. <laughs> and I guess this is where he's learning because because um, that revealing where he's from kind of messes everything up. Yeah. Um, so, but what you were saying about how they yeah. falsified the documents, maybe they falsified his age. That's that's true. That's a, like a really good point. And that's where was, I'm going to sit with this. <laughs> yeah. I was making a joke that uh, she was trying to keep him as young as possible. So then he wouldn't try it as an adult because he looked like he was trouble. <laughs> like that's such that's such a good point that's, you never we don't know we don't know how old cassian is maybe that's why diego luna looks so much older than 21 he's yeah, like yes he was, i'm 21 but he's clearly 40 like yeah he was 36 when rogue one came out and he's playing mm -hmm. a 26 year old yeah even though man looks good yes man yes. looks good for his age he does not look 40 quite but he doesn't look maybe. 20 no he doesn't look 21 he's definitely older than that diego luna's beautiful he's aging beautifully he is a very 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 handsome man we've we've established we this step, yeah <laughs> um and so maybe that's it maybe they maybe the timeline's messed up maybe he's been in this fight since he was six years old but he's talking about during the clone wars maybe yeah. you know maybe he was fighting you know the republic the, the republic, republic which was pretty much the empire in everything but name at that point mm-hmm so, yeah, maybe when he says I've been in this fight since I was six years old, he's talking even further back than the the, the yeah. end of the Clone Wars. And I mean, maybe, you look at, maybe he's been lying about everything all along. Yeah. If you look at, like, Hera, Sindula, and her father, like, she was born into that fight, literally. Mm -hmm. And he was, he says he's been nonstop because it was Republic versus Separatist, and then it's it's him versus the Empire. So even though... He's fighting a different foe. It's still the same fight, really. Right. Still the same fight. They even kept the same dang, same dang logo um, and just just made it black and got scary. <laughs> um, and we're, we're the stormtroopers now instead of the clone troopers, right? It's, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same fight. And so, yeah, may, maybe we'll learn more. We're only three episodes in now to a 12-episode mm -hmm. series, I think. Yeah. Um, plus another season um, that they've told mm -hmm. us we're definitely going to get. Um, so maybe maybe we'll learn more. Maybe we'll figure it out. He's been lying about his age. Marva lied to him about his age. Maybe Marva's hiding even bigger secrets. Yeah, and honestly, like Star Wars is so meticulous with their timelines. And they have a whole department that does like legends and stories and things like that. Mm -hmm. That they have this like down packed. I can't see them getting it wrong. There's a reason for this. They've pulled plenty of retcons in the past. Um, they did, in fact, retcon all of the Legends novels. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> uh, um, and they've they've done it before. They could do it again. They could just say, "Hey, you know what? This was this was wrong. We're fixing it." Or maybe there's a bigger mystery. Uh, or yeah, or maybe his age was wrong. You know. He was yeah. played by someone who was 10 years older than his age. He could be 30 something. That's true. In Rogue One. It doesn't change it doesn't change anything really in that right. regards if he's actually older than 26. Right. 
it's just bought the yeah the timeline's just gonna bother me the no the, i know the separatist logo is gonna bother me until i know or maybe we'll never know and that'll just be be a thing that that bothers me i don't know oh but my friend fred um fred the jedi on youtube said because I, I discussed this with you and I discussed this with Arzu and Brad. Because I was like, this is going to bug me all day if I do not like <laughs> hash this out. I'm like, I need to figure this out because it's Star Wars, it's timeline, especially this point in time, these right. 20 years I'm very familiar with. I have things mapped out. <laughs> so he said it could be at the point when the Empire consolidates with a separatist and – the separatists okay. and the Republic joined together and, you know, because Palps is in, in charge of both sides, you know? That's true. You're right. Yeah. And, it could, yeah, it could be that that took a little time, a couple of years maybe. Yeah. Um, that for them to like fully, because, you know, like uh, it's, it's canon to the, and just logistically how it has to work, right? That when the rebellion wins the Battle of Endor, it's not like the Empire is like, oh, we're gone, you know, the Empire, yeah. the Emperor is dead, but they still fight several more battles after that to ensure yeah. the end of the Empire, um, up to and including the Battle of Jakku. Um, so like it takes time to wrap up. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe it's that maybe that was like the last a separatist ship just kind of pushing through like we will never surrender or something and or it could be like when you merge companies and you're like still on your old company's email sometimes you know yeah maybe maybe, maybe all their may, yeah maybe all their empire like they messed up their empire uniform and they're like oh we got our old ones back here i guess you know i know we had the rebrand but <laughs> these are clean at least that's true there are or so it's many like retro night at that chat they're like Ooh. You know, <laughs> throwback. <laughs> I love that. Actually, that makes that makes me feel a little better. There, are, there are options, and we yeah. have plenty more episodes to explore uh, what possibly could have happened. So, uh, no, that's good. The, all, all really good ideas, Candace. Thank you. Any other thoughts about these three episodes? Um, I love Bix. Oh, Bix is amazing. She's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Big crush on Bix. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's savvy. She's uh, got that cool mechanic vibe. You know, she yeah, can she's... handle herself. But again, like these stories of these people who are just trying to like live mm -hmm. in this horrible time period mm -hmm. and just trying to, you know, make their way in this galaxy. And it's such a tiny little thing, but I absolutely love that her hair, like, was really messy. Like, if you put your hair in braids and you're, like, working a physical job, it's going to get, like, messy. And there was flyaway hair and things like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, how is Leia's hair always so perfect? <laughs> she's a princess. Yeah, she's a princess. You know, mm -hmm. she's got princess hair. Mm -hmm. And that's something we pointed that out on the show before too. Um, like in the in the scene in Rogue One where they're at, at the council meeting, mm -hmm. and um, all of the senators are around their cute little table, and they all look fabulous and like yeah. very well groomed. And Senator Pomo's got her um, that gorgeous headscarf that she's wearing with that yeah. that gold like drape around her face, and mm -hmm. she's flawless and perfectly clean. Mon Mothma wears shining white clothes all the yeah. time. Look like he's from like the front runway or something. Right. Because these people aren't in the fight, right? Mm -hmm. They're conducting the fight and they're talking about the fight, but they're not like in it. And so you're totally right to point out 
fixes hair there. Yes, it, it might be a little thing, but it's it's a visual indicator to us that she's in she's in it. Yeah. Um, and it's just the whole thing with them not using the virtual backgrounds like they did in the previous mm-hmm. shows, which I mean, I think those shows look great and they're awesome, but there is a difference with this physical set and location Absolutely. is it just it feels it just feels so much more real and it feels I think you also see that in the performances too versus I mean they aren't working with a green screen like they used to in the prequels but having it just feels so much more lived in if yeah. that makes sense that's what I liked about Rogue One too was how the galaxy felt lived in how it felt like it was immersed with all these people like even in the background you're yeah you're you make a really good point there it does it feels really um like organic like like a real place that they are and it is because it's a practical set and and that's something that was so great about the original trilogy is you see the scuff marks you see you know clothes aren't completely perfect there's you know it just feels you physically real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this, um, it's a really good like visual tie to between, yeah, between the newer stuff, the newer Disney stuff and our original trilogy, yeah. the like connecting them together visually with the, the knit and the grit and the, and the scuff and the imperfections of it all. Um, the practical effects and the, and the puppetry and everything that feels really um, like, it feels legit and it feels like lived in which is such a great a great phrase for it so that's good stuff what a good show yeah i'm just (laughs) i was we're getting spoiled we had obi-wan this year we have andor now and you know what like it might i I tweeted this i'm like this might be an uh, unpopular opinion but i'm okay not getting a movie for a while if we're getting this level of tv show absolutely because i love i prefer tv in a lot of ways because you get a chance to explore the characters and that was my that's my only complaint about rogue one was i felt like we didn't get to know the characters as much because there were so many of them and i just wanted to know more of course you know right so i love character driven stories and this is definitely one He's a hot mess. I love him. I love that he's (laughs) like, I kind of wish Solo was more of that, but Han was very noble in Solo. He was. Which I know we love, but like, I want to, I want a hot mess as a star show or movie. And I'm glad we're getting that with Cassian. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a mess. I really liked um, something uh, um, that I really, really liked about this. um, It was the first episode when he um, accidentally kills the one guy and then has to take out the other guy kind of to cover his tracks. And um, the look on his face when that happens, mm-hmm. the like, I did what I have to, what I had to do, but it's tearing me apart. There's so much conflict there in his, in his face, in his body language. Um, contrast that to how he is at the beginning of Rogue One. When he kills Tivik at the beginning of Rogue One, mm-hmm. shoots him in the back. There's, no hesitation when he does that um but there is like a like a little flicker of regret as he walks away from from tivik he he kind of grits his teeth and he he you know clenches his jaw like a chip in his soul each time he does something like that but it's so much less now yeah because he's he's become numb to it because Mm -hmm. 
he's been in this fight forever. He was right. practically born into it. So this early, this is like an early kill for him, an early like assassination that we know that he's that he does a lot leading up. You know, he says it leading up to to Rogue One. In Rogue One, he says, you know, we're spies, saboteurs, assassins. You know, everything I did, I did for the rebellion. Um, and so he just did it because it's his job. It's his, his orders and he's doing what's right. And in this case, what happened was that he took out the first guy on accident, mm-hmm. the next guy to cover his tracks so he doesn't get in trouble. And he's doing it for a reason. He's got he's got to find his sister and he's going to find her and he's going to track her down. And he knows he needs to do it. And he can't do it if he's being arrested for being outside of a zone that he's not allowed to be in for showing up at a brothel that's not supposed to exist. So he does what he has to, but it hurts him and it, and it takes part of his soul, a bigger part of his soul away. And um, so to see that he's still vulnerable to that and he hasn't like fully hardened, he hasn't become the hardened warrior that we know him to be in Rogue One. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, we're going to see those five years and see how he gets to the point where he does not hesitate. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, he stops. He thinks he's like, and he looks like he regrets it, but he's like, okay, don't have another way out. Here mm-hmm. he was like, in Rogue One, he's just like, okay, doing what needs to get done. Peace yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um Totally, totally interesting. I'm, I can't, I can't wait for more. But yeah, that's another reason I love like this aspect of it because we've had the original trilogy for so long and you get Luke is like the golden child. You don't talk about all those people that he killed on the Death Star kind of thing. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's doing his good Jedi thing, but there's people out there who got their hands so dirty for this rebellion. Mm-hmm. Who Absolutely. sacrificed a lot, even just like the ghost crew, as much as like a kid show can that's produced by disney <laughs> could get it's freaking clone wars i still can't i was been rewatching a few arcs and i'm like this was a show for children <laughs> it's so dark it's so dark and some awful things happen to these people who are just trying to survive and trying to do what they think is the right thing and and they all just get hurt over and over and over again and so much of it is children being mm-hmm. brought into war. Yes. Or being brought into like the front lines, like Ahsoka. I cannot get over like this 14-year-old child. It's like, you're She's a commander 14. now. She's 14. And people seem to forget too that Anakin Skywalker at the when he, he is 19 years old. He's a 19-year-old general. 19-year-old general and then is 19 or 20 years old when he falls to the dark side. Yeah, and he has I think lived his life doing nothing but fighting. Yeah, he's like 20. I think he's um he's 22. So that means he spent more of his life as Vader than as Anakin. More like yeah. in that suit. Uh, yes, yes. Which it's, it's and I think people for, think people about. forget that. They forget the, the the horrors of of war and the horrors of putting literal children into these situations and like what it can make them become. And um and Cassian Cassian and Jin or so are both also the, the and and Ezra and Sabine, um, actual children who we watch on 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 these TV shows grow into hardened warriors, with all of the trauma and apathy and but also like compassion that comes with that, um, and so we're seeing all the spectrums of it. We're gonna yeah, see. And- 
it's so great to see like the character growth and all these characters, but at the same time, like it's sad if you really think about it. Candace makes it sad. I'm Candace doing makes it. it sad. That's a segment I have sometimes on the Geeky Waffle shows. But like you think of like baby Ezra at the beginning versus who he is at the end of Rebels. He is so hardened and just so sad. He's he's it's amazing. He's mature. He is smart. He's wise. He's willing to let go of Kanan. But at what, what cost? I got it. What cost? Candace, you made it sad. I know. Look at Ahsoka, too. She becomes like this like Gandalf-like character, but she had to lose all her innocence mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. She's a, yeah, a little 14-year-old Padawan who is like, I'm going to be a Jedi. And then right as she's coming into being a Jedi, they're like, oh, by the way. It's wartime. You don't get to you don't get to be a peacetime Jedi. No. You're a peacekeeper, but you know, we gotta get the peace first so you can Mm -hmm. keep it. Yeah. But yeah, just Cassian and the thing is with Cassian is he gets to do the right thing at the end at Rogue One. And he gets Mm -hmm. I feel like he feels he's absolved in a way. Mm -hmm. And but he doesn't get to live past that, which again makes it so sad. Yeah. Azra and Ahsoka are out there. Well, we are. We got Ezra cast for the Ahsoka series. We did. I'm so excited. Ezra's a hottie. I didn't think I would ever say that. (laughs) He's a total hottie. Who knew? Little Ezra grew up to be a total hottie. I know. And the whole Rebels cast is just hot people. That's their superpower. Just just pretty people. A beautiful group of Rebels. And um, yeah, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to see what kind of adult that Ezra gets to become because he gets to live through the fight. Yeah, but who knows what he was up to in the in the intervening years? Annoying the hell out of Thrawn. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Um, But uh, yeah, but like you said, we we don't get to see Cassian at that point. We don't. Mm -hmm. Cassian doesn't get to survive the fight, and we'll never know. Except in my fan fictions, we'll never know what Cassian (laughs) would have been like. And I'm so glad like picks him up. It's like I transferred my thing into another droid. Uh-huh. Let's go and, off into the sunset. And Bye. Scoop, scoop up Jin and Cassian by the scruff yeah. of their neck yeah. and walk them on to direct your connect shuttle and escape. And that's exactly that's, yeah. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see more Cassian. I'm excited to see what's happening next. I'm really excited to see um, what the Senate's up to. Luthen um, and Mon Mothma and Bail Organa. Um, what kind of early rebellion nonsense are they getting into? Will um, they're all over the trailers for for Andor? So they, you know, hopefully we get to spend some time um, with them in would, um, upcoming episodes. I would love if they did that thing with um, in the Prince of Alderaan, where Bria makes it a rumor that Bale and Mama are having an affair, and that's why oh. they're always sneaking out <gasps> together. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love that. That's funny. canon too. That's yeah, Freya's idea, and that's canon. Yeah, that's <laughs> just so like I don't care if I'm like if people think my husband's cheating on me. We're living through this rebellion. Absolutely, because yes, because Brea Argana is a genius, and she's she perfect. Is. Um, I yes, I can't, I can't wait for that. Whatever they're all getting up to, because yeah, there's a line in one of the trailers. Mon Mothma says, you know, so long as they think they know me, they can't see what I'm like really up to. Yeah. And yeah. And then they're like, what are you really up to? And I it's just like, <laughs> we're going to, like you were saying with like the way they look, like we're going to see the contrast and how people are fighting. And I think like, well, they're both going to get their hands dirty and 
mm-hmm. maybe one more literal than the other. Right. Yes. I'm and yeah, I can't wait. There's going to be so much good stuff out there. Um but you know, we can only speculate until next week. Yeah. You know what? I think we're going to go ahead and, and and wrap up since we've covered speculation um and we've and we've covered our feelings about the episode good and uh skeptical. I guess really the only thing left to do is um, for you, Candace, to tell our audience where they can find more of you. You can find me on Twitter at Candace is a geek and you can find the geeky waffle at the geeky waffle.com geeky underscore waffle on Twitter and the geeky waffle everywhere else. All social media, including check out our YouTube. I'm going to be doing a, a video with Alice very soon. Actually yeah. two videos. Cause I also have the California adventure one. Yes. In the works yes, too. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so I'm so excited. I love I I've I've guested on the Geeky Waffle a couple times. I've written a couple of things for the website as well. And uh, I'm just such a I'm such a fan of yours and I'm a fan of the Geeky Waffle and I'm so so thankful you were able to join me today. Thank this you was for so me. much fun. Thank you for watching those episodes so fast and then jumping right on the microphone. Like I said, these episodes have been out less than 24 hours. And, I use uh, my like <laughs> lunch break to watch most of it. And like, I'm just like, I was like, I'm just eating my, I got sushi and I'm just eating my sushi and I'm just like, oh my Andor. God, Andor. <laughs> I'm eating my feelings now. I love that. I thank you. Thank you for, for doing this with me. And I really um, appreciate, I really appreciate you. Of course. I appreciate you too. Thank you everybody for listening to this week's Rogue Fun, a podcast story. It's been so nice to have you on for our first Andor recap episode. Thank you, Candace, for coming to host along with me. We hope to see Buddy Decane on the show soon. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at RogueFunPod. You can also find me on Twitter at AliceWhiteTHP for Those Happy Places. Those Happy Places is our flagship show all about theme parks, rides, and attractions. If that sounds like something you're interested in or you want to learn more about us and our other podcasts, you can find us at thosehappyplaces.com. If you're interested in supporting the show monetarily, you can find that information on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces is the place to be. Um, You can find bonus episodes and all sorts of fun stuff over there. And uh, once again, that is patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces. We hope to see you next week for our next and or recap episode. We will be doing one every week, posting sometime either late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning um, for every episode with tons of special guests, including some of your favorite podcasters. So stay tuned for more. Rogue One, pulling away. May the force be with you.